Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my Facebook friends, to the radio show that never ends. My guest today online is Davy Olist, co-founder of The Nice. Davy, so good to have you on board. We're now already halfway through the interview, but I have so much to talk with you about. Now we've reached the point where The Nice had been formed as P.P. Arnold's backing band. Who was it who made the decision, or how did the decision get made to go your own way independently? Yeah, as I explained in the first place, when I first spoke to Keith, I explained that I would like to do uh, our own spot or my own spot um, to promote new stuff that I've written and put new ideas together with the guys. Um, and it went down so well that uh, I, I said to Keith, uh, at the Windsor, it was at, this was at the Windsor Jazz Festival in the 60s. I said to Keith uh, and the others, you know, I think we should go up and meet Andrew Oldham, the Rolling Stones manager, and try and get a deal. Explain that we've got all this new music, new ideas for all this wild stage show that we've been going down, going down so well at you know, peeping on gigs. We could get gigs, I think and pull those audiences back again. And he believed me. So the Knights came out and brought out the thoughts of Emerless Dabjock. And you were touring on the road consistently, weren't you? Yeah, we never stopped. I mean, was it a story you often hear about? Trucking up and down Britain in your own van? It was exactly like you read about it. With all the, all the messages and lipstick and things outside on, on, on the outside of the van. Good luck messages. Oh, brilliant. Now, I don't know for sure whether you yourself were involved at the time. But I've heard that back then the Nice played in Grantham. Now Grantham, where I am now based. A small little town in South Lincolnshire. I think I heard that it was at an even smaller little club. Called the Cackaloo. Well, I missed out on it. And I wish I hadn't. What, you're only three years old or something? Haha, <laughs> no, not quite, baby. Not quite. No, when that was happening I would say I was aged about 10 to 12 years old. Maybe, something like that, so just before I really started to get into my love for music properly. But to think that legendary and pioneering prog bands like the Nice had played at the Tiny Lake of Grantham is just fantastic. But that's by the way, and we really have to move on to bigger things. What exactly was it that made you leave the band? Oh, it wasn't really my decision. You know, I was very young, my, and I had more or less single-handed invented this sound. Of course, I had the, the genius Keith Emerson with it to make it happen. Um, and I, it was a cool chat, and I was supposed to be the lead vocalist, but I'm afraid the almost opposite happened uh, with Lee taking over lead vocals, and he wasn't really, he wasn't a trained singer, he wasn't a singer really, and the sound from, to me wasn't sounding good anymore, and there was just absolutely too much keyboard going on and very, very, very loud. I couldn't hear him. I'm sorry, what was that you said to me? I couldn't hear you. I mean, other guitarists were scared to play with him. They tried to get Steve Howe. Yes. And he lasted a few hours. How? He, he didn't want to battle against Keith. I see. Well, this is musical differences. A lot of bands eventually split up because of that. Well, thank you for telling us that. I know it's an uneasy thing for you to recollect, but you've been through all of that and emerged successful in your own right. Did you manage to play any big gigs before you departed the band? Yeah, tours of the States. In America, 
Europe. Lots of TVs in Europe. Uh, big places. Uh, Albert Hall. Wow, tripping. And, I mean, after you left the night, a lot of people don't realize how much you've done and who you've worked with. Not that you worked with the Who, but you did deal with Bob with Pink Floyd, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Pink Floyd. Then it was uh, a couple of other bands that eventually went on to have a number one. One of them was called Juicy Lucy. I had to get them a record deal. I could do things like that. Then I was producing as well. I began to produce Roxy Music. They got me in as producer because they they were sort of semi-pro then, and they needed guidance and, you know, what should we do with this song? How should we change it? Did this limit your own professional performances? I knew what I would like to say. I knew what I wanted to play. So I just incorporated that um, in, into um, either songs that we wrote together Excellent. I mean, you also worked with Roxy Music too. Roxy Music, I mean, I think I can safe to say with a, a new album, uh, but it's the re-release of the first album, which includes BBC takes that I did with them. Yes, if it's forthcoming. Yeah, it's going to be quite expensive, and they're only, I think, making 5,000 copies, but it seems to be um, back online, so I'm told by Universal Music who are putting it out. Right, there you go, Roxy Music fans. If you want to get your mitts on a special copy, then start looking now.